Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Okay, you guys, there is so much more to life than just workouts and healthy recipes. This is all of those real moments, the good, the bad, and the sometimes hilarious things that make life so worth living. So how do you live it? This is the Let's Do Life podcast with me, Autumn Calabrese. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Let's Do Life. I'm your host, fitness and nutrition expert, Autumn Calabrese. What if I told you that I have never failed at anything in my life? Never failed. Would you think I was conceited? Would you think I was arrogant? Would you think I was a coward that never took any chances? None of those are true. But here is the thing that is true. You guys, I don't believe in failures. I believe in what I refer to as redirects. And I want to share something with you. I want to share, um, I actually want to share a chapter from my book, Lose Weight Like Crazy, Even If You Have a Crazy Life, which yes, it's about losing weight and being healthy and learning to eat properly, but it's my book. I share some of my most personal stories, um, deepest, hardest struggles and triumphs. And one of the things I share is about how I learned to reframe the way I look at things, the way I look at quote unquote failures. Okay. And I'm going to read to you from my book because it's clear and it's concise and I have a tendency to go off on tangents with you guys. So I'll try to go off on my tangents after, but I want to get, I want to give you guys how I came to this. Some of the things that I've would have looked at as failures if you would have asked me in my twenties, but here being 40, I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that, wow, that wasn't a failure. That was God, the universe, whatever you believe in, my intuition redirecting me to something that was greater, something that was better, something that was truly meant for me. So often we'll give up on something because we feel like we failed and we, like I said, we give up on it. We stop going after that goal, that dream, when really we were being redirected to maybe a different way to achieve it a better way to achieve it or something that was going to be even bigger and better than that goal that we had. So let me just dive in. Let me read this to you. I promise I'll make it fun and interesting. And then we'll talk a little bit about how you can start to reframe things for yourself as well. Okay. So I don't believe in failures. I believe in redirects. Your next disappointment may actually be leading you to your greatest achievement. I could tell you I failed countless times in my life, or I can tell you I've been redirected countless times in my life. As a young adult, I would have used the former verbiage and talked about my failures. But at 40 years old, with lots of quote-unquote failures in my life and the time to reflect back, I can honestly say I've never failed I've learned, I've grown, and I've been redirected countless times in my life, and they have all been for the better. 
Eight years ago, you guys, I was a personal trainer working at a very popular high-end gym here in Los Angeles. I had a full client roster, had worked with celebrities, and had been featured in several publications here in the Los Angeles area. I was making my name, I was making a name for myself around town. At the time, I did have a talent agent who would send me on fitness auditions. I got a call that a popular weight loss TV show was looking for a new female trainer. Okay, I was very excited because this is a show that I had watched for years. You guys, I had watched the show for years. And the thought of having a career like their former female trainer excited me beyond belief. I was so nervous for that audition, but I also knew I could do the job and I could do it well. So I went into it feeling great. I was ready to show what I could do. And the first audition, that was just an on-camera interview. I went in, did my thing, told my story, talked about the way I like to train people, my method, and the results I had with clients. The audition went great, and I got a call back. I was asked to come back a few weeks later. There were more on-camera interviews and some demos of workout moves this time. Felt really good about that whole process, too. I was right, and a few weeks later, I got another call. This time, they wanted me to send in footage of me training. This was a little trickier. You guys, this was eight years ago, so this was pre-iPhones with their like amazing video capabilities, right? I needed someone to actually film the footage, and then I needed to upload that to a private YouTube link where the casting directors could then view it. So I found a videographer. I asked one of my clients if she was willing to let me film her training session. She happily agreed. And I did my thing. I uploaded the video, sent it off. A few weeks later, another call from casting. My audition tapes were starting to make their way up the ranks, but they wanted to see more. So this time, they wanted to see me training a group of people. Quote, unquote, a group of people that if they could all be significantly overweight, that would be great. Thanks. That was what the phone call, the person on, that's what the casting director said. If they could all be overweight, that would be great. Thanks. So finding several people who had a significant amount of weight to lose, who were all available for me to train them at the same time, and were all okay with me filming them, that was much harder. But obviously I was very determined to land this job. So I did the best I could. I went to work. I filmed the training, sent off the new link. Few more weeks went by and another request comes in. Can you do it again? And this time, can you yell more? You guys, that already, let me pause from the book. I was starting to get really frustrated. Okay. I was getting annoyed. I don't yell at people when I train them. That's not my personality. I'm not motivated by yelling and I'm not going to try to motivate someone else that way. So I had a lot of negativity growing up. I wanted to be the exact opposite of that. I didn't want to go on national television being anything less than my authentic self. But at the same time, let's be honest, I wanted the job so bad. Pause again from reading the book. You hear that word thrown around a lot, like be authentic, be authentically you. And I think that not always people even... Like it's more just like a catchphrase now, but this was really hard for me. Like I said, I am not a yeller. You will never, if 
find me yelling at my clients. I will, I will shout fun, positive motivation, but you got to really do something bad to get me to yell at you. You got to really be disrespectful in our training session, basically, to get me to yell at you. I just don't yell. Okay? Back to the book. So, one more time, got a few of my friends together, filmed our training session. I didn't yell, but I did try to bring some of my tough love to the training session. That was the best I could do and still stay true to who I am. I sent the link off one more time. At this point, almost three months of auditioning had gone on. I was definitely feeling good and getting excited about the possibilities. A few weeks after sending that final bit of footage off, I got one more call from the casting director. She said, and I quote, It's down to you and one other person. I'm pushing really hard for you. I think you would be great for this. But they're going to make the announcement on Monday. And I can't tell you who the other girl is, but if they don't pick you, you'll understand why. Like, what? What does that even mean? All I could do was wait for Monday. Monday comes, and I jumped every time my phone rang. I was checking the internet constantly to see if the network had made any announcements. And then around 4 p.m., there it was online. The new trainer had been announced, and no, it was not me. It wasn't even a personal trainer. It was a professional athlete. I was devastated. Like, I was convinced after three months of, uh, of auditioning, it coming down to me and one other person, the casting director say she's fighting hard for me. Like, in my mind, I all but had this in the bag. Maybe that was a little cocky, but when I found out who it was and when I found out I didn't get it, you guys, I was devastated, okay? It was four months of auditioning, four months of dreaming, four months of getting my hope up, hopes up, and they picked another girl, a person who had never trained anyone in her life, who held no certifications, no understanding of what it takes to help someone lose weight in a healthy way. I was frustrated. I went home and I just sobbed on my couch. I remember calling my best friend and saying, is it ever going to happen? Am I ever going to get my break? How many times am I going to come this close only to have another door slammed in my face. I know what it feels like to want something so bad, so bad, and fall short of getting it, not once, but over and over and over again. I'm all about doing life, y'all, and I'm about doing it in a healthy way. And that doesn't just mean what we eat, what we put in our body, or our exercise. It also refers to what we put on our skin. It's so important. Our skin is a major organ. And if you're loading it with chemicals, it's going to absorb those chemicals, and those chemicals are going right into your body. And one of the biggest things I learned about a long time ago was what we put under our armpits can have a real impact because there's so many lymph nodes under there. So I actually stopped using antiperspirants a long time ago, stopped using deodorants that have 
a bunch of chemicals that I can't pronounce or even ones that I can, things like aluminum, don't use them. It took a while to find a, a product that I love that is natural with ingredients that I know and recognize, but I did. I found it. It's each and every. It's amazing. It's made with six simple, safe ingredients, things like coconut oil and dead sea salt plus essential oils. It's free from all the harsh chemicals like aluminum and even baking soda. It's great at fighting odors, which is really important. Obviously, I work out a lot, so I don't want something that is going to leave me smelling bad. It's just, it's formulated to work. Like I said, it's not an antiperspirant. It is a deodorant formulated by two women. Love that. I'm all for the lady entrepreneurs. But like I said, more importantly than any of it, you guys, I'm all for doing life in a healthy way, having fun and enjoying it, but enjoying it in a healthy way. So I love my each and every deodorant. If you guys want to check it out, which trust me, you should, you're going to love it. And why not? If it's good for you and it works, why not? Why not make the switch? So I have a great offer for my listeners for a limited time only. You guys can get 30% off your first purchase. Go to com slash autumn and use promo code 30 autumn. So it's com slash autumn, A-U-T-U-M-N, and then use the promo code 30 autumn. So three zero autumn, A-U-T-U-M-N. Check it out and let's keep doing life as healthy as we can. My beach body moment. Now, let me fast forward two years. I got the call from Beachbody to go in for a meeting with the CEO. I had spent a year and a half developing a nutrition program called Change My Plate. And I had just launched it on a TV show on the Hallmark Channel. I was a one-woman shop, y'all, okay? Selling the product out of my bedroom, um, out of my one-bedroom apartment in Woodland Hills. I was customer service. I was shipping. I was marketing. I, I was everything. I was selling, on average, five to eight of them a day, which to me was fantastic, Now, I had given the product to a couple that I was training at the time just to get their opinion, and they happened to show it to a friend of theirs who they were trying to encourage to like lose weight, but in a polite, sort of unintrusive way. That friend wasn't really interested in the product for himself, but he said he knew someone who might be interested and asked if he could pass it along. And it's crazy looking back how small the world can be. He passed it on to the head of product development at Beachbody. Now, they were very interested. And a few weeks later, I found myself sitting at what seemed like the biggest conference table I had ever seen at Beachbody headquarters in Santa Monica. Side note, you guys, I talk about this all the time with our CEO, Carl Deichler. And I'm like, that table was enormous. It was like a football field log. And he's like, Autumn. It was the table in this room. And I was like, there's no way. This room feels so small. That table felt so big. You felt like you were sitting literally at one end of a football field. And I was sitting at the other end. And then there was three other people there with us. And he laughs at me all the time because he's like, it really wasn't. But I was so nervous. It just, everything about that moment felt enormous. It just felt so big. So I'm in the room with Carl, who I mentioned is our CEO uh, of the company and the head of product development and then three of her staff members, okay? 
And all I'm thinking is, holy crap, Beachbody. Could this really be? Could I actually get to sell my product to the biggest fitness company in the world? I sat there. I tried to focus on what Carl was saying. And he asked me how I came up with Change My Plate and why I wanted to sell it to his company. He also asked, if we buy it, would you be interested in staying on as the face of the product and then creating workouts to go with it? Uh, um, hell yes. Yes, I would. Sign me up. (laughs) So the meeting, it was like about 30 minutes long. I felt like it went well, but then began the waiting game. Days went by, then weeks, then one month, then two months. Just as I was about to give up hope, just as that door seemed to be closing in on me again, something amazing happened. At 10 p.m. on a Friday night, I opened my email And there it was, a message from a Beachbody attorney with an offer letter and the contract attached. You guys, I still can't tell this story without crying. It's been eight years. And as I'm sitting here reading this from my book, my eyes well up with tears because that was the moment my whole life changed. And let's go back to the book and the next sentence. Tears streamed down my face, but this time they were happy tears. I couldn't believe my dreams were finally coming true. I looked at my three-year-old son asleep in his bed and knew in that instant, everything I ever worked for was finally happening. Every door that had been closed in my face wasn't actually a door closing. It was more like a train track switching my direction. While I thought I should be going one way to get to my dreams, the universe, God, whatever you believe in, knew better and was redirecting me to where I truly belonged. I hadn't failed after all. It just took me a little longer to arrive at my destination than I thought it should. All those times I quote unquote failed were teaching me. They were helping me grow, helping me become the version of me that was ready when this day finally arrived. Looking back now, all I can do is count my blessings that that TV show didn't cast me two years earlier. I am exactly where I am supposed to be in my life. I didn't know it at the time, but I would choose to be with Beachbody over that show a million times over. I wouldn't trade any of the bumps and bruises for an easy journey. When something isn't going the way you think it should, it's almost impossible to see the blessing inside the lesson, but it's there. And you guys, I know that. I know in the darkest hour, you can't possibly see how One, two, three years later, the blessing might emerge. But it's there. It might take years to show up, but it's there. There's just one catch. You can't quit. You can't quit. If I had let any of the other things in my life, any of those doors closing on me, knock me down, take me out of the game, I would have never ended up here. So no matter how many times you get knocked down or take a step back, you get back up. And if you're anything like me, you smile and you say, is that all you got? Bring it on. And you keep on fighting for the life that you want. It's yours if you're willing to do the work and never give up. And that's just one story. That's just one of the many times that I felt like I was failing. I felt like 
I wasn't going to make it. And lo and behold, I wasn't. I was being redirected. Let me tell you guys another story. It's not in my book, but let me just give you another example. This was before I was even a personal trainer. I was waiting tables. I was waiting at tables at a popular <clears throat> a popular restaurant that um let's just say they serve very large slices of cheesecake. Okay? So, I'm waiting tables. I had been working at this restaurant for 2 years at this point. You guys, let me say this. I'm a great server. Okay? Like at the end of the day, if if everything fell apart, I mean, besides the fact that we live now in a time of COVID and and everything's chaos with restaurants, but put that aside. I'm actually a very good waitress, server, okay? I did very well for myself. So I had been working at this restaurant for two years, okay? I had actually opened the one in St. Louis, then transferred from St. Louis to the one in Los Angeles. That made it easier for me to get out here and have a job as soon as I moved to Los Angeles. And I go into work one day and we're down a server. And so it's a Sunday. It's a Sunday brunch, which Sunday brunches at this place are crazy busy. And you're only supposed to wait on three, like each server is only supposed to have three or four tables at a time at most because it's busy and it can be demanding and they expect certain things to happen within certain amount of time frames. Okay. So they're down a server. So I have to cover more tables than what I would normally be covering more than my typical four tables. So I'm doing it, handling it, rushing, getting everybody, everybody's smiling. Everybody seems to be happy being tipped well, nobody's complaining, all things are good. And um, a day or two goes by and I get, I go into work and I get called to my boss's office and he sits me down and he says, so you got secret shopped on Sunday, which secret shop is when somebody is sitting at your table and they basically work for a company and they're, they're, they're literally like keeping score of every single thing you do. How long did it take you to greet the table? Did you offer appetizers? Did you recommend something on the menu that you really like? Did you ask them about dessert? Did they order coffee? Did you bring them sugar with their coffee? Okay. And so he's got the secret shop and he goes, it's not good. And I was like, okay, like that's weird. Go ahead. Like, let's go over it. So we start going over it. And every single question that we're going through contradicts itself. It because they're they're really like yes or no answers on this secret shop, but it doesn't give the secret shopper a chance to write anything in. I want to say it doesn't give them a chance. Maybe it does give them a chance because one question would be like, did they greet you in two minutes? And it was like, no. And then it was like, was the server friendly? Yes. Like did you did this happen? And it would be like, no. And then it would be like, did you enjoy your experience? And they would be like Yes, but there were enough no's on it. And a lot of them had to do with time frames of like food coming out or drinks getting to the table. Some of that is out of my control, obviously. But um, anyways, the secret, sh- the shop was basically what would be, I guess, what you would consider like a D average if you were to take a test. Okay. Now they know they were down a server that day. They know I was covering more tables. But the rule at this restaurant is, is if you get a shop that bad, you actually get fired. 
And I did. I got fired on the spot. They had my last paycheck right there. They handed it to me. And I was literally looking at my boss and I was like, is this real? Like everything about this seems really unfair. Like one of the questions was, did the server bring sugar with your coffee? And they answered no. Mind you, they ordered the sweetest coffee drink on the menu that there's no way in hell anybody would ever add sugar to this drink. It's so sweet. Anyways, and my boss is like, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. I know the whole report contradicts itself, but that's the rule, blah, blah, blah. So they let me go. Devastated, you guys. I'm like 23 years old and I just lost my job and I live paycheck to paycheck and and shift to shift as it was. Okay. So that feels like a failure. I felt like a failure. Like I didn't do my job. I didn't do it well. I didn't get shopped well. Okay. What do I do? I hit the pavement running. I got to find a new job. I wait tables. That's the best, easiest way to make the most money at that age while trying to pursue sort of acting and dancing, which is what I was doing. And I end up getting hired just a week or two later at a different restaurant, a slightly more high-end restaurant. Okay, I end up making way more money at this other restaurant. It's significantly easier because they have other systems in place where you really only wait on three tables. The servers all help each other. So already I'm making way more money. The job is easier. It's great. But mind you, I just said I was pursuing acting and dancing at the time. And one of the biggest things I was trying to do was get my SAG card so that I could audition for, be considered for SAG roles, okay? That those are union roles uh, in the entertainment industry. And one lunch day, I go to wait on this table of three people. It's two women and a guy. The guy's in a tank top. And at the restaurant I worked at, guys weren't allowed to be in tank tops. They had to have sleeves on their shirt or they had to wear like a sport coat, basically. Something to cover their arms. They couldn't be in a tank top. And my boss was being a real jerk to the table. Like he wasn't being nice to them about it at all. And we had sport coats on hand that somebody could like put on if they needed to so they didn't have to just leave the restaurant. So they end up giving the guy the sport coat, okay? And fine, the table stays, they eat. I apologize. I'm like, you guys, I'm so sorry. That was so ridiculous. He could have been nicer about it. And the woman, the there's like one woman at the table who's definitely like, in charge. She's like the boss. You could tell she's a, she's, she's the head honcho of this group in what, whoever they are, whether they're employees or whatever. And I'm just doing my job. I'm being me. I'm being nice. I'm taking care of them. I'm getting them everything they need. I apologize again that my boss wasn't very nice about the lack of sleeves on the gentleman's shirt. And at the end of the meal, the woman sets her credit card down. She sets her black credit card down. Okay. And, um, I pick it up to take it to run it, and I happen to look at the name on the credit card. And the name was Idell James. Idell James ran the biggest background casting department there was here in Los Angeles. I don't know if Idell James is still in business. She might be, but it's been 13 years, so I'm guessing maybe not, or somebody else is running it. But to, to be in Idell James' database meant that you got called to work on commercials all the time. Now, you would be background cast. But 
she could help you get your SAG card. Basically, when a commercial would call and say they need a certain type of background people, she would suggest, and she had such an amazing reputation that even though I didn't have a SAG card, all she had to do was send me to work background on three SAG commercials. I would get my vouchers and thus my SAG card. And guess what? That's exactly what she did. She sent me to work on commercials. I showed up. I was on time, blah, blah, blah. I get my SAG card. And so now I'm working on background work on commercials all the time. Okay. Guys, this was like 16 years ago. I don't do background work on commercials anymore, but one of those commercials, I got bumped up to what's considered a principal role for standing there and clapping. But because I was standing next to the lead guy clapping, I was considered principal because I was in the foreground and I ended up getting residual checks for a year. Big residual checks for a year. Residual checks that helped my then fiance and I save money for our wedding, helped us get new furniture for our apartment. It made, it just helped. Everything about it helped. I could have looked at getting fired from that first restaurant for a shop that was an unfair shop, a secret shop that was an unfair secret shop as a failure. But it wasn't a failure. It was a redirect. It redirected me to this other restaurant, to this other restaurant where I made more money, to this other restaurant where I met the woman that I had been submitting photos to for over a year. And because I took good care of her, she happily returned the favor and took good care of me and helped me get my SAG card. That's a redirect. I didn't see it in the moment. In the moment when I got fired, I was devastated. I came home. I cried. I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent. I borrowed money from my dad. Like I borrowed money from my grandma. I, I, I did what I had to do. I, I had to go out there and find a new job. It was super stressful. But ultimately... It was beneficial. Ultimately, it led me to something even better. Had I not gotten fired that day, I would have stayed at that restaurant. I would have kept working. It would have been hard and challenging in terms of the money was very um, unreliable. Some shifts were great. Some were not so great. I would have probably never met Idell James. I probably would have never got that sad card. Do you think bananas are healthy? Think again. I'm Dr. Stephen Gundry, best-selling author of the Plant Paradox series, and on the Dr. Gundry podcast, you're going to learn the foods to eat and the ones to avoid, to lose weight, boost your energy, and feel your most vibrant, active self this year. You'll also learn simple tips from the world's top experts on health and nutrition. Plus, you'll discover the truth about calories, how running could actually be hurting your health, and why fat won't make you fat. Subscribe now to the Dr. Gundry podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Because I'm Dr. Gundry, and I'm always looking out for you. Eventually, let's keep going. We're doing enough commercials for Idell James. At one point when I didn't want to work waiting tables anymore, I asked her if she needed an assistant in her office. She did. She hired me. I was an assistant in the casting director's office. Now, I'll tell you this. I didn't love that. Not that I didn't love her. I just didn't love being an assistant. I didn't love working like 12 and 13 hour days sitting at a desk. 
but it was while I was working in that casting director's office that I decided to get certified as a personal trainer because I didn't want to go back to waiting tables. And I quickly realized just how much a desk job wasn't going to be for me. And so what did I do? I found the best personal training certification there was. Uh, that was for me. I went with NASM, National Academy of Sports Medicine, and I started to study, you guys. And as soon as I passed that test, I was able to exit being a casting director's assistant and start being a personal trainer. Do you see the domino effect? Do you see how one quote-unquote failure led me in a lot of ways to where I am right now? There were so many things redirecting me over the years that led me to where I am right now, not getting the TV show. Um, God, I mean, there's there. Was, I applied to work as a trainer in a kid's gym and they told me because I didn't have an actual like degree in exercise science, this was like 16 years ago, that I wasn't qualified to work with kids. All this stuff felt like failures, felt like rejection, felt like doors being slammed in my face over and over again. And I was like, what the heck, man? All I want to do is help people. Like I'm studying constantly. I'm learning constantly. I'm practicing myself constantly. I just want to help people. Why do the doors keep getting closed in my face? But all of the doors were leading me to where I am now with Beachbody. 11 fitness programs with Beachbody. A cooking show for the last, I think it's four years now. Two cookbooks that have sold close to a million copies between the two of them. That's unheard of. By the way, that's unheard of from like well-known TV chefs. They don't sell a million copies of their cookbooks, okay? Bobby and I have sold close to a million copies between Fixate 1 and Fixate Volume 2. So 11 programs, a cooking show, two cookbooks, a best-selling book. That's what I just read from to you guys. Lose weight like crazy, even if you have a crazy life. My podcast, just so many things, other things sort of in the works right now that hopefully will lead to even more. But there's always what some look at as failures and what I look at as redirects. Those things come, those doors close because you're meant for another path. You're meant to go another way, but you can't give up. You can't quit on yourself. I need you guys to keep that in mind. If you're going to do life and if you're going to chase your dreams, then you got to do it. And you can't let getting knocked down stop you. In fact, when you get knocked down, you should use it as fuel, as fire to come back and go after it even more. So now it's your turn. It's your turn to start looking at your failures as redirects. Can you think of any times in your life that you felt like you failed? And can you reframe them to see the lesson instead? If not, maybe right now is one of those times. Maybe right now you're taking on something that can be hard. The life change could be right now. If you get knocked down, are you going to stay down or are you going to get up and keep on fighting for yourself? That is my question. I want you to make the commitment right now to yourself that you're always going to get back up and push forward, okay? 
write it down, do what you need to do, think through it, find find that one time, even if it's just once, let that be the thing that you latch onto, that motivates you, that pushes you when you take on something new. If at first you don't succeed, congratulations. Welcome to life. You don't always succeed on the first try. It's hard sometimes, but okay, success doesn't always happen on the first try and that's okay. You like you take baby steps. Take a baby learning how to walk, for example. If the baby falls on the first try, he or she doesn't think, well, screw it, maybe this isn't for me. In life, it will never be a matter of if you fall. It will be when you fall. Do you accept defeat and quit or do you get back up? We can learn a good lesson from our younger selves, the child inside us that didn't know the meaning of defeat, that wasn't weighed down by society's opinion and all the self-doubt. Things don't always come easy. We fall down and we rise to try again and keep trying because the only time you truly fail is when you quit. And it's a good thing our younger selves never quit or there would be a lot of crawling adults out there, y'all. So keep that in mind. As a child, we didn't know that meaning. We didn't give up on ourselves. We just kept going. I encourage you to do life by doing the same. Don't quit on yourselves. Thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Let's Do Life podcast with me, Autumn Calabrese. This show is produced by Will Sterling for Podcast One. Be sure to download new episodes every week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at podcastone.com. And don't forget to leave a rating and review.